code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis. And I'm Heather Artis. Thanks for joining us for Minute 23 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. You're welcome. <laughs> it's Monday, and I'm just going to say it, why is the rum gone? Yeah, we all know the weekend can take a toll on everyone's stash of rum, but head on over to our Facebook page at Pirates of the Caribbean Minute as Adam shared a great Pirates of the Caribbean remix song with us. We'll go ahead and post it, should you want to give it a listen. As he put it, it's a bit of fun from an earlier time, and I can't agree more. Have you heard the remix, Heather? No, you didn't share it with me. Ooh, yeah, I think I forgot to actually share it with you. I just enjoyed it myself, and then I'm telling everybody else to go listen, but I forgot to tell you about it. Shows you where my priorities are. Listeners, I love you. Heather, I'm uh, kind of weighing that, but we'll go ahead and go yeah, for it. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, it's actually a pretty cool where they take parts of the movie. For instance, when Will is, say, hammering you know, in the, in the blacksmith shop or uh, Jack Sparrow says something, you know, why is the rum gone? Or, you know, so there's different phrases and different sounds, but they actually mix it together, repeat it and to create a song. So oh, it's, it's pretty really cool. cool. Yeah. Very so everybody cool. go take a peek at it and let us know what you think. But thanks again, Adam, for sharing it. We always appreciate the help and the comments. And Adam, I'll take a look at it tonight. There you go. So let's get going. In the previous minute, Captain Jack Sparrow found refuge in John Brown's blacksmith shop, a place where he encountered a passed out drunk shopkeeper and Rosie the donkey. After an unfortunate encounter with a red hot poker, Rosie jumps into action around the turnstile which sets the gears in motion, the very gears Jack needed to break the chain of his handcuffs, resulting in a pair of matching and stylish 18th century iron bracelets. With chains attached. <laughs> exactly. All of this, you know, it's like, uh, you know, those new charm bracelets and stuff. Oh, yeah. So it's, oh, it's a precursor. Yeah, Jackson yeah. Inventor, he, he comes up with cool things. Yeah. But anyways, as I was saying before, Heather just rudely interrupted my little thing here. My <laughs> well, recap. Our last minute, he came up with all kinds of rides. So Exactly. The guy is a genius. Yeah. So let me get back on with his bracelets. All of this was just in time as the door opens to reveal Will Turner entering the workshop. Minute 23 begins with Will Turner entering the John Brown blacksmith shop. Say that three times in a row real quick, man. (laughs) And closing the door just as Captain Jack Sparrow darts off to find a hiding place, concealing himself from the, I suspect something is amiss here, eyes of Mr. Turner. The minute ends with Will Turner grabbing a sword from the load-bearing post and pointing it at Jack Sparrow when he turned to grab his belongings only to turn back around and see Will Turner attempting to capture himself a pirate. Captain Jack Sparrow says, Do you think this wise? And the minute ends in mid-sentence. It's always a challenge with minute-by-minute podcasts when they end in yeah. a, <laughs> during actually a thought. It leaves you hanging. Well, oh, do you think this wise to... Hey, we could we could start a game here. Uh, no, think- what are you stealing my thunder for? Did you read my stuff? No. Because that's exactly where I was going. I can't believe you said that. I said I was, you know, so let's set this up right. I know we're tackling this minute backwards now as far as the minute is concerned. But since it is fresh on everybody's mind, as I literally just read this unfinished Jack's quote here, 
I thought we would throw out our guesses as to what Jack is going to say here. I mean, how is he going to finish that line or that thought in minute 24? So I have three guesses that I've already come up with. To remind all of us suffering from short-term memory loss here, Captain Jack Sparrow says to the sword-wielding Will Turner, Do you think this wise? Do you think this wise pretending to be Aragorn? (laughs) What? (laughs) Do you even know what that's from? Yeah, from Lord of the Rings. That's right. Exactly. Because, you know, he plays Legolas, the elf who's always using a bow and arrow. So I'm just want you know, so yeah, you needed a, I needed to explain it to you. A sword wielding person. Yeah. So if he's exactly, <laughs> I had to search for a sword wielding person. Well, that would have been cool too. Yeah. He has a staff though. He also has a sword. He does Remember have a sword. I do. It. Yeah, we do own the sword, which we still never looked up what the name of that sword was. No. Anyways, let's go to number two. Do you think this wise, attempting to slash a Z into my clothes? (laughs) Sort of. (laughs) (laughs) And the last one, do you think this wise, pointing out the sore on my cheek? In fact, it's just rude. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know if anybody's noticed it, but there is this sore that is on his cheek. It's on the right side of Sparrow's jaw is really kind of this open wound. Mm -hmm. And it's reminiscent of a scrape or some kind of red blotcher mark. Right. So for some unusual reason, and this is kind of pointed out in some of the behind the scenes stuff with Johnny Depp, is that the wound never heals. And it does, you know, I think that you were telling me, Heather, that it does something or that the makeup artist and Johnny Depp is kind of an inside joke. They would move it around a little or make it bigger. They make it bigger bigger as the movie goes on. Yeah. Yeah. So that's some kind of inside joke for them. I guess they were having fun there while in the makeup. I guess when you're sitting in makeup for that long, you start to go, hey, how about we start making this bigger? (laughs) See, my first thoughts were, until I read that, about it was being a joke. I was going, God, he must have this awful reaction to the makeup or something (laughs) they put on him. Because he's got this red blotch on there, you know. Every time I see in the movie, I Man, that poor guy, you know, the makeup must really mess with him. And then I find out it's all a joke. Yeah, so that's some cool stuff that they're doing behind the scenes and and just probably trying to make everybody wonder. And there was some stuff on the internet, and I didn't really check and see if that was a source back to the Curse of the Black Pearl or any of the Pirates of the Caribbean stuff. But people thought maybe it was a mark of syphilis, being that he's a pirate. And maybe he's visited some tawdry (laughs) places, as we know. He's already said he's been to Singapore and his crazy terms so maybe he has something there but do we really want to think of jack sparrow as having syphilis kind of an unhealthy pirate do we really want to think that no i don't think so he seems pretty healthy to me exactly so (laughs) did you have any guesses or am i going to put you on the spot now that you you're actually putting me on the spot um my name's anigo montoya you killed my father now prepare to die (laughs) exactly (laughs) That was better than mine, actually. (laughs) Princess Bride Minute. (laughs) Well, let's get back on track then. I know everybody's going, how many times are they going to do this? But okay, let's get back on track and start talking about the movie, the actual stuff that happened in the movie. No making up lines yet. Well, maybe later. But anyways, (laughs) Will Turner enters the blacksmith shop. And just as he's entering... We get this view of Port Royal behind him. Well, at least it's like the stone courtyard. I don't know if you saw this. It's really quick. Mm -mm. There's a sign behind him for another business that I just can't quite make out, actually. And the name of the business definitely has a word of like silver in it. And then there also appears to be an abbreviated name for William. So silver something 
And then the this person's name may be William something. So it would be kind of following the same format of the blacksmith shop, except this one actually has like maybe a silver chalice or cup, some kind of decorative silver uh-huh. type item. And it says silver, and there's another word there. I couldn't quite make it out. I don't know what it is, but I, you know, I really wanted to know, so I started looking into it, and obviously there's nothing about it. I even looked at the DVD. <laughs> I backtracked into minutes to see if I could find a shot of this. There is a clear shot of it, or when I say clear, I mean at least you could see the whole sign, but it's out of focus, so you can't really <laughs> see it at all. So I thought maybe he's a silversmith, which kind of makes sense. Yeah. This is like the the smithery or the smithy, whatever they I think they're called smithies area for the blacksmith and for other people okay. that are working with metals and things like that. So, yeah. cause they have a number of the same tools, you know, the blacksmiths use like cast iron molds, hammers, the hot forge, anvil stakes and all these things. So I thought maybe this is like the, the manufacturing side of Port Royal or something like that, but I didn't find anything. So I don't even really know why I brought it up except that you could <laughs> see this in there and maybe somebody knows. I checked the pirate wikia, pirates of the Caribbean wikia and other things, but I couldn't really find anything. It's probably just a sign that they had in town to make it look cool. And I was hoping that there'd be some kind of cool name associated with it or somebody on the, on the staff or the, the cast of the movie. And so I didn't see anything. And so maybe I'll come across it again in future minutes or we'll see it, but we'll go from there when we do. But I thought I'd point it out because you do see this shot. Because they do have some cool things in movies, you know, like Jurassic World and stuff. They have Margaritaville or these kinds of things that show up. And so I was hoping that there would be some kind of cool Easter egg with that. As I said, I always like to try and find those and I'm not very good at it. I always go down the roads where nothing leads to, you know, something never leads anywhere. And so that was one of these things again. (laughs) Much like the crest. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I contacted Disney for anybody who's just waiting for that, and I still haven't heard back. It's weird. It's like they don't have time to respond to me. <laughs> That's awful strange. Yeah, I'm not really sure what's going on, but yeah, I'm going to have to step it up. <laughs> now I'm going to have to go to Gore Verbinski or or maybe uh, Jerry Bruckheimer and see if they can help me out. Or maybe I'll just check with the writers. Maybe they could tell me. Maybe. <laughs> So anyways, yeah, still a mystery for now. Now getting back to things that actually matter in the movie. (laughs) Although we are analyzing this thing kind of minute by minute. So I don't know if there's any detail that's too small to really pick up on. So we'll just go from there. Yeah. When Will comes in, he notices that something's not quite right. You can see it on his face. The donkey's still going in circles. And he's kind of looking like, hmm, something's amiss here, you know. So the first thing he does is go to calm Rosie. Which I absolutely love because he just gives her some love and pets her and makes sure she's all calm before he starts seeing what's going on. Yeah, I think it talks, I think that says something about his personality. Yeah. Is that he looks around because I saw, I noted the same thing. He kind of has this suspicious look like, what? There's something wrong here. He may not have picked, he may not have identified it, but he got the feel that something was up and probably because Rosie was turning going in circles and it's like why is she doing that when nobody's prompting her. Yeah. But I like the fact too that he goes and stops her and calms her down. So I thought that was neat. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. And then you see Jack and you watch his eyes. You can just see his eyes, right? And he just does his acting with his with his eyes. He looks one way and he looks the other when he's searching for some place to go. But it's just his eyes moving, you know. <laughs> Tells the it's story. Kinda, it's really cool, yeah. Yeah, it's that whole getting back to what we were talking about in the previous minute with the whole it could be a silent movie thing. The in this this particular black shop scene. Actually, probably the whole scene could really be done in a silent movie kind of way. There, yeah. You don't really need the dialogue, although the dialogue does play a part. 
later on and we'll we'll talk about that and how how really it is it kind of essential for the characters and character building and stuff it does actually tell a story and you you wouldn't really need it just to see what's going on right. here yeah when he sees john brown just as he left him he gets some of the relief though so he's he sees something that's wrong he sees rosie but he does see john brown kind of passed out drunk and he's like oh you know there is some relief that it's like that's just where i left him yeah and i think it's like okay everything is the status quo so maybe she just got spooked or something and yeah. started walking or maybe she w- wanted additional exercise or whatever to to start turning that wheel. He does get that feeling like, okay, maybe it's not really that bad or there's nothing wrong here. Will does, you know, so I think it points out that really Will does the work around here and he makes the finished products and he delivers them. And then really we're seeing this John Brown just drinks rum in honor of, I think, drinking rum. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he needs a reason to. No. So we're actually seeing like his character really is this drunk person. And the status quo for Will is that this is where he is. He's going to be hanging out in the blacksmith shop drinking rum all day. Yeah. Because I don't really, you know, although he's wearing, you know, it looks like he's wearing some of the clothes blacksmith would wear. So he must do something at some point or unless he just gets in the giddy up. and Maybe he just gets up and gets in the giddy up so he could take credit. Oh, in that's case possible. somebody sees him. Yeah. He goes you know? home to the wife like, man, it's been a brutal yeah. day. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. It just talks a lot, I think, about Will as being the person who I think really is doing a lot of the work here or all the work. Yeah. And obviously, Will didn't like get up or think that John Brown got up, I should say, to touch you know things and or to get the donkey moving. And then because he says when something's you know wrong with the hammer or that the hammer has been moved, that's not where I left you when he sees the hammer. He's obviously not thinking... The, his first thought is not, oh, John must have got up and moved the hammer. So it's all part of this status quo of, why would John touch the hammer? Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't do that. It's like those old commercials. Never has a second cup of coffee at home. You know, that's all I can see Will is saying something like that. He never touches the hammer in the blacksmith shop. <laughs> oh, speaking of the hammer, I actually looked it up to see what the hammer was actually called. Oh, I was wondering that. If yeah. there's like a special term for this blacksmith hammer? Yeah, it's a hammer. Nice. <laughs> so a hammer is just a hammer. Hammer is just a hammer. You know, I was really hoping for something fancy. Nope. Not today. <laughs> All right. Hammer, hammer. I should say this. Did you notice the swords behind Rosie? So there's, you know, multiple of these kind of load-bearing pillars or these pillars or these posts in the shop that are holding up the roof and that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's swords that are around the posts that you that can she's see. Tr- that she's going around? She's not. No, it's just the post. It's the post in the ground, not the wheel. Okay. But it would be like one of the posts where he grabs a sword from, like in this scene. He grabs a, a sword from one of the posts. Okay. The wood post. You don't know what I'm talking about, do you? Well, I know there's one. She's walking around a post that the... The gears are on. No, not where the gears are on. Just, oh, okay. Just one of a the posts post in holding the, up in the, the room. Yeah. Okay. And there's a bunch of these, a bunch of swords on there. Whether they're finished or not, I don't know. There's just a bunch of swords that are around the post, similar to where Will grabs swords from. Uh huh. Okay. But they don't look right. I don't know what it is. They almost look a bit too proppy. And I know that's not a word, but it reminds me of these old kind of plastic swords or these old toy swords or something, souvenir swords that you'd get at amusement parks or should I say Disneyland? Maybe this is like an Easter egg from Disneyland. They're like the ones that are like this really bright silver or blades and then you have like the really gold colored blade you know handles Uh uh-huh so there's only two colors you have silver for a blade gold for a handle and all that part and the hilt and the guard or whatever but they really do look i don't know they just look a little fake to me i don't know what it is i didn't i didn't notice that 
Well, you know, you really should open your eyes because this is a minute-by-minute analysis. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I do need to open my eyes. Well, there goes that conversation. Can't even talk about that because you didn't see it. So you have to look I next time. I didn't notice I'm looking proppy. Just, just look at them next time you see it. They, I don't know. It's it, Maybe it's it's just me, but they really do look kind Could of like just toys. You. Hey, did you know Jack's hat was called a tricorn hat? Jimmy Cat. Jimmy Cat. <laughs> Jimmy Crack Corn. <laughs> I did, actually. I had been doing some pirate reading. And so it came up as, as one of the hats that they would wear. Do you know what they're made of? Uh, well, that I do not, actually. Oh, I have that. Okay, hit it with they're us. They're usually made of wool, felt, or straw. I think Johnny's more looks, looks like a leather yeah. type hat. And, you know, th- for some reason, that just seems more, like, reasonable to me. Especially, yeah. you know, we recently watched the 1950s version of Treasure Island. They had some felt hats in there. And I don't know. When I look at the hats in this Pirates of the Caribbean compared to the hats in the 1950s version. There's just a world of difference in like the reality of it. Those look more like props or stage props or something that you'd see in a play. Yeah. You know, it has like gold rickrack around the whole oh, yeah. thing. And it's just like, oh man, so felt hat on that. I can see that. You know, I mean, I have a felt hat and, you know, so I guess I could see it. But I, I think I really like the look of Johnny Depp's leather version of yeah. this. And his looks like a real... Hat, you know, it doesn't look like a prop. It doesn't. It looks, looks like normal. You know. Well, that's where I was going. So I'm glad you brought up the hat because Captain Jack Sparrow really loves his hat. Yeah. And this is this whole like Will or Will Turner Captain Jack Sparrow interaction. He really does love the hat. He slaps Will's hand with the blade of his sword when Will reaches for it. I mean, it's not like he chops off his hand. He uses the flat part of it, not like the the sharp blade edge. This is when he's still in hiding also. Yeah. So Will is about to pick up the hat. Like, hey, he sees the hammer. The hammer's moved. So he goes, that's not where I left you. And then he looks over and he sees that there's a hat there. And as soon as he goes to reach for it, then Jack Sparrow slaps his hand with the blade. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, he's he's really loving the hat because he tells Commodore Norrington in the previous minutes to re- specifically to return his hat. Yeah. And it's not, it's like the one item he called out specifically. It's like, I want my belongings. And my hat. So he's really got this affection for this hat of his. There must be something behind the hat. I, you know, maybe. some reason. Somebody special gave it to him or something yeah, I to should do look, with it. I haven't you know? looked the hat up, but I should and in, in check the Pirates of the Caribbean fan base and the, the wikia to see if there's something specific. Maybe there's something in the, the novels or some of the expanded universe that talks about why he really likes that hat. But I was going to say that there was like this unnatural relationship that he was developing with his hat. But then I love hats. And so I just decided <laughs> I'll drop it. Because I don't want to be accused of anything. Probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I figured it's safe not, just not to, to bring it up or mention it. So on Friday's Minute, you mentioned the holes in the ceiling. I think it was Friday's Minute. That's right. Yeah, I think yeah. it may have been Friday's Minute. Yeah. Did you notice that the walls are all riddled with holes? And the, it's like the wood is all broken. Like like they've been throwing swords all over the place in this thing and just breaking the wood up. Hey, throwing swords? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> I hope you're not foreshadowing here. I'm not. Okay, you're just, saying, just saying something like they Something would be doing like that. How good because i mean this place is falling apart well i think the carpenter obviously was john brown while he's drinking <laughs> yeah, he's something. like he's like no we need two inches between each slat 
and make sure the roof has that same there that same space as well because you really want a bunch of light coming through and <laughs> and rain nothing says i can heat up a forge like a bunch of rain falling on it yeah. i mean luckily this building has pillars and large pieces of wood holding it up otherwise it'd be falling apart because the wood on the outside is not holding this thing together <laughs> it's not holding it together i don't know what is if it rains, it's got a flood in there. Oh, hands down. I mean, that dirt, there's dirt on the floor in there. There'd be yeah. just mud. Oh, man, and what a nightmare. And you step down into it. Yeah, I don't know. Does he step down into it or is there... Well, we haven't gotten there for... But did Will... He, Will did step he, down. Did he step down, actually? Yeah. I, I don't remember that. Maybe I need to start paying attention more, too. Then, so, so did I guess Johnny when he went in there. So, yeah. So, there is a weird step down then. Yeah. I thought so that that was... Gonna... I thought maybe there was some stairs off to the side or something. But there is something strange about that way that they... Like, hey, we don't need stairs. Yeah. Again, where's the OSHA? You know, when they're <laughs> building these things. It's like, you guys need to really have some stairs coming in here. So, this thing would probably fill up with water if they got any substantial rain. So, I got a question for you. Like the question you had about the slats or what? Oh, well, kind of. Okay. <laughs> Will says... You're the one they're hunting. Pirate. The pirate. Yeah, the pirate. Okay. Now, how does Will know that they're hunting the pirate? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing too. And I didn't really have a good explanation for that, except I had two theories. And I'll just go ahead and hit you with these. This is another one of my famous theories for Pirates of the Caribbean. A, I was talking about the sign that was behind Will that was in the court, you know, that said Silver and William or something. Yeah. That might be like a Jumbotron or an Amber Alert sign or one of these road traffic signs that they update with the latest information. And so he may have seen that. Or B, which is most likely the candidate, is that it was some kind of social media thing or Twitter or Facebook (laughs) where it just spread like wildfire because it was trending on Twitter. And so he saw it and he was able to say, hey, we're looking for a pirate. And so he knew offhand that there was a pirate. I'm kind of thinking there has to be something else considering there were candles sitting out and I didn't see any electricity. (laughs) Just because you didn't see it doesn't mean it didn't exist. And just because electricity wasn't like any finger quotes invented yet doesn't mean electricity didn't exist yet. Let alone Thanks, Mr. Social Franklin. Media yeah. and televisions. And- That's right. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how that got so quickly or where that came from. I just don't see unless they were announcing. You know, unless part of their search plan is that the guards announced like we're looking for a pirate open oh, your door because i don't think that there was a whole you can't enter and search our thing you know our premises without a warrant right you know there was we're coming in and we're looking we're looking for a pirate and we're going to be entering every building until we find one and so maybe that's what it is he heard it walking through the courtyard or saw the guards all running into people's houses and, and stuff looking yeah but i don't think they really had a bunch of privacy stuff there back then to prevent them from just walking into right. people's houses and doing that so that's that's my guess they, but yeah i'd probably go with that one um better than more than twitter and social media and, oh it's still and, out there it's viable i like the i like the 18th century jumbotron the port royal jumbotron jack also i mean you know when they're talking there he says that Will looks familiar, and the oh, first yeah. thing he thinks is that he threatened him. So I thought that was something that was interesting. Yeah. It's like, you look familiar. Did I threaten you? I mean, what's <laughs> it say about Jack, actually? You know, we're getting this rather nice and pleasant version of him with most of the interactions that we've seen. Yeah. 
But there obviously is a more dark side that exists that we haven't quite seen yet. I mean, we've seen him threaten Elizabeth and, but, you know, but I didn't really get the impression he really wanted to hurt her. That was just a, you know, a a means to an end. Like, hey, I'm trying to get out of here. The handcuffs, I'm just going to pretend to hurt her. I would never really hurt her is the feeling that I got. But then he does get that personality change and he has this trait and this. So it's the same thing that we did see with Elizabeth is that he has this somewhat charming and polite nature to him uh-huh. and then it's the same thing here so we see him tell will like at one point if you'll excuse me so basically after this you know this little exchange he goes to grab his belongings like if, if you'll excuse me and he goes yeah, to grab his belongings and leave perhaps he is a true pirate at heart you know and he's always looking for what benefits him the most and with the least amount of effort or energy or danger to himself i know we've talked about pirates relying on threats and avoiding that conflict if possible to get what they want so i think this is the perfect example, really, of him developing, you know, this kind of what will complement or how he reacted with Elizabeth. It's that I'm looking for the best way out. I'm going to use threats to get what I want, as opposed to trying to have anything that will that will actually harm me. Right. So I think that's the same thing here. Is this that that really it, he is the true pirate, and that's coming out as, as such. Yeah, it's really strange. He does have this real quick kind of personality, you know, this personality trait that'll change. Like I, you know, I'm I'm really being serious here, that kind of stuff. So yeah. we'll see what happens with that, or how that's going to develop and and move forward. Unfortunately, you know, when Will grabs his sword and attempts to hold Captain Jack Sparrow under citizens arrest, citizens arrest. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Gomer Pyle impersonation from Andy Griffith's show. If anybody's not seen that, you got to see that episode. I don't even know which one it is. Check it out. It's pretty cool. It'll be a nice meme for you to have for the rest of your life. But anyways, he's this character that, you know, as far as Will is, he's this character that does what is right, moral, and he's kind of doing this good deed. So he really is kind of this opposite of Jack or this polarizing character, and he's a little bit different than Jack. So they're kind of the opposites of each other. Will is doing the good deed, wants to stop the pirate, and Jack is willing to do whatever it takes to get out of the situation and threaten, but we haven't seen violence yet. Apparently, he has threatened people before. Or he says he has. Or he says he has, and maybe he's just, you know, gotten rid of people before, which we can probably or probably assume. So we're still kind of left, you know, what is, is Jack really going to do something that's going to harm Will, or is he going to do whatever it takes for him to escape? I just don't see Jack. Or is he just going to mess with him? Well, it's possible. I don't see Jack though as the one to just go down without a fight. I don't think he's going to say, "Well, if I don't if I don't harm this person, then I'm just going to go to jail or I'm going to be hung well, yeah. or hanged myself." Hmm. As I was saying with Will and the good deeds and his morality and stuff, we do really get to see this character building from Will and that his experience as a young boy has made him hate pirates. You know, he says to Jack that he avoids familiarity with pirates and Will does not like pirates. And I, there's probably a good reason for that. I mean, is there something about maybe being adrift on shipwreck with a burned merchant ship probably makes you hate pirates growing up? Yeah, so I probably. think that's probably what it is. And so we don't know what happened to his family yet or anything like that. But we're assuming that his family is, you know, died in that merchant ship. Although we don't really know because we don't have part of that story. So maybe we'll get some insight in the minutes to come. Maybe. I have a question. Okay. Just... So what do you think? Uh, he says, you seem somewhat familiar. Do you think there's something more in there that we'll see in the future? Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, they're setting stuff up. It's Writers are pretty good right? at interweaving this stuff. Yeah. They make but it difficult to do minute by minute. That they do. Without spoiling things. 
But I, I really do think it's funny to see Jack's reaction to this. He he gets the look of, well, I should back up and say, when I'm talking about when Will gets the sword, so Jack turns his back, as we were saying, to get his belongings. He says, if you'll excuse me, he goes to grab his belongings. Will Turner then grabs a sword from a post, another one, yeah. because there's swords all over the place, and then grabs it and holds it to, as we were talking in the beginning of the minute, he grabs a sword and holds jack at sword point if that's the proper term when jack then hears the you know the blade and the the metallic sounds and like what so he turns around and sees what's going on he gets this look of like are you kidding me with the sword are we really gonna do this so he has this weird look on his face like i can't believe this is actually going down so he's probably thinking like what's with this town won't they just let me leave yeah with one of their ships yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why won't they let me steal a ship and just get out of here then we'd all be done with this but he does he gets this yeah really like i can't believe this guy's yeah. actually going to challenge me to a sword fight that's so why, that's why yes and do you think this wise dot 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 yeah and then actually i mean we kind of skipped ahead here because we also missed the part when will says no he avoids familiarity with pirates yeah and jack says well we don't want to put a black mark on or it'd be a shame to put a black mark on that record you know on your record yeah yeah of course i had to look up what you know about the black mark i actually checked on the history of black mark and according to the american heritage dictionary of idioms oh yeah this phrase alludes to a literal black mark, such as a cross that was put next to a person's name, indicating that he or she incurred a rebuke or penalty of some kind with an originating reference date of the mid-1800s. And perhaps not quite in use at the time, but as we know, Captain Jack Sparrow is definitely a wordsmith and inventor. We've already established on oh, Pirates yes. of the Caribbean Minute. So we know that this isn't out of his realm. He's already invented sticks and stones may break your bones kind of thing. So this is definitely of his character to create another phrase, black mark. Yes. But I did also find that the first published use is from a novel by Benjamin Disraeli, which was called Sybil in 1845, which says, won't there be a black mark against you? Huh. And Heather definitely will know this term well and firsthand about black marks. She always has a black mark against her name. What? <laughs> what? You know it firsthand. No, I do not. You don't? No. Everybody, she doesn't have a black mark against her name. <laughs> Did that sound uh, sincere? It did. It should. Oh, well, wink, wink, nod, nod. Aww. I know we're probably running no. long now. Yeah, that's. A, I was hoping you were going to say no because... As everyone knows, I really do like to end on a high note, and nothing says like a great job in a great podcast end than having a black mark against us. (laughs) (laughs) And I just love my happy endings here. And that's not a euphemism, people. I'm really talking about the nice endings here that we have that are always make you feel joyful and smile. There's no, you know, no death-related things, nothing. It's just a black mark against our souls, and we'll call it a day. So don't forget to leave a comment, ask a question, or share your thoughts and theories. Give us a ring and leave a message at 8637-PIRATE. Send us an email to podcast at blackpearlminute.com or hit us up on social media. We'll be back tomorrow with Minute 24, The Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Until then, let's keep the horn swoggling and... Sword fighting to a minimum. Now let's go get some more grog. Oh my god, the grog. <laughs> Heather's idol is John Brown, so she's like, I gotta really live up to the rum drinking John Brown. Thanks for joining us on Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. 
If you like the show, then leave us a review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it, matey. You can contact us at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. We just might feature your questions and comments on future episodes. Visit us online at blackpearlminute.com. You can also find us on facebook.com slash pirates of the Caribbean minute, twitter.com slash blackpearlmen, and on soundcloud.com slash pirates of the Caribbean, where we post additional content, have episode discussions, and share our favorite show clips. Now see you next time, scallywags.